Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom with our host, Bob Olson, who will now introduce today's show and speaker. WCAT Radio presents I Thought You'd Like to Know, a program featuring some very interesting people who have a message for you. Now here's Mike Frey. Good, mor- good afternoon, Mike. Hi, Bob. Good to have you back. Yeah, it's good speaking with you again, and I want to thank uh, WCATradio.com, and uh, welcome everyone uh, to my Bereavement Miracles Program of Recovery. Now, uh, would you explain to our listeners what your program is all about? Sure, Bob. Well, Bereavement Miracles, Bob, is a 12-step approach to unity and hope when dealing with the loss of a loved one. As you know, um, as I know, uh, losing a loved one can be devastating. Um, My intent with this 12-step program is to help our listeners begin their journey towards healing by way of developing faith, fellowship, and family through a relationship with Christ, with the Catholic Church, and with the other group members, our fellowship, and that's how we come to grow in the faith is through others. So to get to Christ, we need others in our groups to help us to grow in unity and hope. That's what the program is all about, Bob. And uh, the idea of um, uh, this, you you, you wrote the book, and then uh, when, when did you get the idea about starting a program? Well, when I was writing the program, I had in my mind, I said, you know, uh, this was really my thesis. And I said, you know, um, I had no aspirations of having it published, uh, though I was asked uh, would I like to have it published, and certainly I would. But I decided when I was writing this, I said, you know, I'm going to run a a program. Actually, I'm going to open up a bereavement center for the Archdiocese of Hartford uh, and have a place that people can come rather than having a a six-week program or a 12-week program and then it ends and it may resume in six months from now. Well, I have a weekly program and it's a center and people come on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock at St. Laurent Church at 122 Camp Street in Meriden and, uh, you know, we, we gather and we read the step and we discuss the step or we discuss where you're at right now and just trying to help each other recover, recover from uh, the loss of a loved one, which is, you know, absolutely devastating. And uh, so that's, that's basically where I went with it when I was writing it. I wanted to open up a, a weekly center that people can come and go as they please. Was the uh, secret, to some extent, too, of uh, AA meetings that people came regularly? Yeah, and and we have a saying uh, in AA that uh, uh, God brought me to AA, and AA brought me back to God. And that's really true, but it takes a lot of effort, meaning that you got to go, like they say, meeting makers make it. So if you go to meetings on a regular basis, you know, you hear 
good things, the right things. And so you start to form habits around those things that you hear, and then you start acting charitable to other people, and uh, you start to see that if you work, if you work it, it works. So you know, so you put it to application, and, and you know, as uh, Pope Francis and Pope John II have asked us this new evangelization effort, is you know to get outside of the four walls of the church and start getting back into the marketplace. So I want to really bring this program on. Uh, to a, a ground level where people can come and feel welcome, and uh, each week it'll, the door will be open. And you know, hey, sometimes I'm there and there's nobody comes, but then sometimes I'll have uh, a number of people, and uh, so it works. It has changed many lives. I can tell you that. Now, this is the uh, the first meeting that you started was the one in Meredith. Yes, yes. Well, when um, it's interesting that you asked that, um, my spiritual advisor, uh, I was, I have a master's degree in pastoral studies. Uh, my advisor said that you have to have an application of your thesis. In other words, you have to put it to work. You have to see if it works. And uh, so I started a bereavement program at St. Lawrence. Uh, church in the in the church hall and for 12 weeks i ran the program as designed and uh, had everyone write out a uh, reflection paper and they didn't have to put their names on it they certainly you know i instruct them just to put your first name if you want if you don't want it that's fine too and so i collected the data and i basically just wrote a synopsis on how the program uh, did and what's some of the improvements that I needed, and I submitted it as a um, as a uh, capstone project, and uh, was graded, and uh, did quite well on it. And now uh, it's been published. Actually, Bob, it's it's on its second edition, which is really remarkable. By the way, uh, we are taking call-ins on this program, too, and the number is the same one that we gave you earlier uh, in the day, 515-515-604-604-9344-9344. And then when they ask you for the access code, that number is 914121. 914121. And we had a caller on our 4 o'clock program, Bereavement Miracles, our regular uh, weekly program, uh, from Kay. And we asked her to call in on this program, so Kay, if you have an opportunity to call in, because the call, the, the question she had was, she's starting to get a, starting to put together a program at her church, and she had uh, some uh, questions about it. So we'll hopefully she'll call back, and uh, anybody else that wants to call in. And if you have any questions or if you can share, you know, how 
Uh, you've used the uh, Bereavement Miracles book or the program or whatever. So uh, when did you start the one in Meriden? Uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was during the winter. And one of the things that they asked me to consider is running the next program during the day because it was difficult for uh, people. Oh, this was, you started at night. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was difficult for some people uh, to drive at night. So I have it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which, again, it makes it difficult for people who work. But I'm you know, yeah. trying, to find, trying to find that happy medium. Well, you might have to have two programs eventually, but... Yeah. Well, there's a new one. <clears throat> now, when... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I'm hosting a new one in Wallingford every other week. They asked me to come in and run my program for for 12 weeks. It, it meets every other week on Wednesdays at uh, 7 o'clock at um, Trinity Grammar School in the back, the convent on Center Street in Wallingford on uh, Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. And uh, so I introduced the program last Wednesday. And, um, you know, so it's, uh, it's picking up steam. And then there's a program up in Canada, Father Jim O'Connell, he's running the program now. So uh, it's, it's, it certainly helps people to start thinking about the sensitive subject about bereavement. Well, how did Father Jim uh, uh, get started? Well, quite honestly, Bob, uh, the uh, we sent out a fax, or, or excuse me, a um, I think it was either an email or through Facebook that if anyone, uh, the clergy, would like a free copy of Bereavement Miracles, um, just you know, contact nrootbooksandmedia dot com and. Uh, uh, click into the the uh, basically the owner of the uh, Nroots Book and Media dot com, uh, Sebastian Mafu, Doctor Sebastian Mafu, and uh, request your own copy. So he did. He got his copy and he liked it, and uh, so he ran it for for twelve weeks. He had over twenty plus people. I think it was more like uh, yeah, twenty five. I think he said. And he says it was uh, it went very very well. Um, now, you know, did you so, work with him on setting that up? No, no. I, the The book itself is self explanatory, and that's what I'd like to go over a little bit tonight on how to run a meeting. Um, right. For those people who would like to start their own bereavement miracles meeting, that they can link into this homepage on WCAT Radio. When you go to Bereavement Miracles, you'll see how to chair a meeting. Uh, you, you know, you download that and you just basically listen to what I'm saying right now and the do's and don'ts on how to basically chair a meeting. And like I say, if you want to call in, if you have any questions uh, when we're going through this, call 515-604. 9344, and the code number is 914-121, and uh, if you have any thoughts about bereavement, uh, any opinions about 
what we uh, have been talking about, if you've heard some of the other programs, <clears throat> or just anything you want to know or you want to make a statement about it, uh, give us a call. So, um, so where do we start then, Mike? Well, I'd like to go over the um, on page 8 in the second edition. Now, folks, if you do buy... Um, a copy of Bereavement Miracles, make sure that you, uh, whether it's enroutebooksandmedia.com or Amazon, you type in Bereavement Miracles Second Edition. That's S-E-C-O-N-D, Second Edition. And you can order your book. And on page 8, I have um, included on how to chair a meeting. And so I like to spend some time speaking about that because there is sometimes a little confusion with this. So I want to devote a good part of this uh, a radio program on how to chair a meeting. So on page 8, you'll see that when, when you, um, obviously when you promote it through your bulletins or through the newspaper, you know, contact your local newspaper and let them know that you're starting a bereavement program, they'll put it in the paper for free. And like me, they actually ran an article with a picture and everything, which was quite nice, and some, you know, some people saw that. Um, but you, you have to promote it. You might have to do some faxes or emails to your local churches and you know, put together, if you need a flyer, you can certainly contact me. I can send you my flyer. And um, you just change the dates that you're going to have the uh, meeting. And, um, but you need to promote it a little bit, but make sure you, you have it in your, your bulletins uh, each week, not just once, but each week. And believe me, people will show up. But the first one is, you know, when you're, when you're organizing something, first of all, make sure you have a table with, you know, six to eight, ten chairs you, and have spare chairs set aside just in case maybe fold it up because you could find yourself with 20 or 25 people. But when you um, are having um, the meetings, you, you can either, you know, buy these books and, and they either resell them to them or um, you can encourage them to get their own book because you would want to read along when you're reading these steps, and obviously we follow along. But when people come in, you know, get up and greet them with a, a warm welcome. You know, either shake their hand, ask their name. Make sure that you have a registry so they can sign their name so you can always refer back to it. Because I have such a short memory, i got to always re, 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 uh, uh, look at the, uh, you know, their, their names on paper so I can remember it. And uh, just let them know that you're here and we're going to start, say, at 7 o'clock. And you just, you know, wait to 7 o'clock. But make sure you get up and you say hello to them. And let them know, you know, you've got to be proactive. People want to be uh, appreciated and recognized. But it's up to you as the chairperson to set a, a warm welcome. So when these people come in, and there has been people that come to my program that are filled with tears. They're actually just so torn up that this is the first opportunity that they're actually talking about this stuff. So welcome them. Tell them that, you know, you're, you're a friend and we're a family and this will all work out, but we'll get to the, um, 
the meeting in a few minutes. Make sure everyone is seated and you have their names in front of you. And then after that, you tell people, well, listen, my name is so-and-so. My name is Mike Frey, and, you know, this is an hour, hour and a half long meeting. I want to make sure that you understand that uh, there's a process to this, and we follow a certain pattern each and every week. We're not going to allow things to become undone or become randomized. We want to make sure that we're following a certain pattern so people can follow along with their thoughts. Get a book so you can follow along with the reading, and uh, it, it'll all work. And tell you know people that there's going to be a time after we read the step that you'll have an opportunity to take a turn going around the room and talking about a particular issue. Yeah, so you got to take a moment just to kind of introduce this in-depth process and that this book um, is focused on answering the why, the how, and the who, uh, which, which will reveal the universal what. You know, what makes us who we are, where we are, you know, where we want to go with our lives. Um, you know, and a lot of people can't even think beyond that because, you know, this is some uh, loved one departed just recently and they can't even put their fing uh, two fingers together. They're, they're so busted up. So you want to make sure people understand, listen, we start at 7, we end at 8 or 8.30. We want to start on time, we want to finish on time. So you want to give them... Uh, the nuts and the bolts of how we conduct a meeting. And so you tell people that, you know, there's a, there's a particular process in running a meeting, and you say to them, you know, we're going to revert to page 10, which is the preamble, and after I get done reading the preamble, then I'm, we're going to recite the serenity prayer together, and then we're going to continue or the chairperson either continues to read or they can ask someone else to read, uh, how it works. And how it works is on page 11, on page 12, on page 13, and on page 14. So you read all that. And so it's kind of an introduction to the format and what our aim is, which is, again, to talk about the why, the how, and the who, which reveals this universal what. And it starts to peel back uh, that onion, which is us, and it starts to reveal to ourselves, you know, you know, how this affected my lives. And you start building interpersonal relationships with people that are sitting across or alongside you. And then what um, the chairperson does then do, he says, okay, we're done reading how it works. Let's... Uh, Turn to page, uh, let's see, we're, let's just say, for instance, we're going to read step one. So step one begins on 16. So, Bob, what happens is that the chairperson begins reading the step, but he also, or she also, explains to the group that we're going to go around the room and everyone, if you feel comfortable enough, to read a paragraph or two. And you don't have to be a great reader, but the point of the matter is, is to try to get people engaged, try to get them using their minds again and trying to participate. If they say pass, that's okay. So you go around the room, one person will read three or four paragraphs, 
the next person says pass, then the next person says pass, next person starts to read, the next person reads, and so it comes back to you, and then it goes around again until you're done reading. So if someone says pass and you tell them, if you don't want to read, it's okay. If none of you want to read, that's okay. I'll read the whole thing, but I'd like, if you feel that you, you would like to read out loud with me, feel free to, and a lot of people do. They, they look forward to it. So what we try to do is read the entire step, uh, you know, from beginning to end. And if anyone has a particular question about the reading, because I am the author of, the, um, of this book and because I have an MA degree in pastoral studies, I understand what the theology is trying to, to say. But it, it can be a little complexing. The best thing to do is somebody says, you know, I have a question about that. As a chairperson, what you would want to say, once you become comfortable uh, with the material, you would say, why don't we just hold our questions to the end, and I'll certainly be happy to come to your question and go back to your question and answer it. But if you don't understand, you know, as a chairperson, the theology um, thoroughly, the best thing to do is, you know, you can always call me at any time, and I can explain to you in more detail. And, of course, my number is 203-213-1121. And, again, I'm Mike Frey, the author. I'll be happy to explain it to you so you have a, a good, concrete answer uh, for any of these uh, members that are coming and they have questions. But the best thing to do is just, read it from beginning to end, the step, because it'll start to peel that onion back. And then once that's done, what you do is a, the chairperson, this is very important, before you start speaking, you lay down the rules, and you say to the folks, now we're going to go around the room, and everyone's going to take a, a turn in sharing. Now, it's important to let that person have our undivided attention. And we want to make sure that we're not cutting in with some kind of comment or remark or anything like that. Let the person have their uh, moment to kind of recollect, to get all this information that they're, you know, been basically stored away since the death of their loved one and give them a chance just to quietly discern, what, you know, their feelings. Because really, in the book, as we talk about in step one, our rationale, our capacity to be rational is, is pretty much compromised by our emotional state. So you have to let somebody have um, a few minutes or five minutes or ten minutes just to kind of get through some of this emotion. And you try to encourage them through kindness, you know, um, can you say that again? So that, you know, they're, you know, they're saying to themselves, they're saying out loud, they're getting it out on the table. And you say to the folks, listen, everyone's going to take a turn. You dump all your troubles here on the table, and we'll all divide it up and take some of it home with us so you don't have to carry all these burdens. So you want to centralize the discussion on the step, or if someone can't really relate to the step, that's okay. But you want to make sure that 
you're allowing this person some free time without interruption from the, either the chairperson or from the others in the group members in the, uh, that are attending that meeting. You don't want to interrupt them because this is critical. They need time to reflect, to, to have this introspection, and to really cry it out sometimes. And, and that's okay. That's what we're there for. So you want to make sure that you're, everyone takes a turn speaking without being interrupted. It's so important. And I have been to meetings where people like to blurt things out, like they think that they can fix someone else's problem with one or two or three sentences. That's not the case. The, the healing process is allowing that person to feel, I can come and talk about these things without being interrupted by anyone, so it's important that the chairperson, if he, if he or she has this like dead time, like the person starts talking and then they stop, you just sit there and you just wait for them to continue. You don't have to fill all the air all the time with speech. Give them a chance to recollect and to kind of make sense of this uh, turmoil and then allow them to share it. And this is really, really important because I've been to meetings where it gets hijacked, that somebody thinks that they can just spread out whenever and whenever and, and say whatever. It's not going to happen because you'll turn people away, and that's, this is not the place for that. You take your turn. There's no what's called crosstalk. Now, once that person is done speaking, once they're done speaking, if someone feels compelled to offer up some hope, maybe some strength, even at times some advice on how they did it through the program, then that's appropriate. But don't cut them off. That's really important. That's what I'm trying to drive home. So by allowing everyone to take a turn and now and interrupting them, and then at the, at the end of their, you know, sharing. It's, it's important for the chairperson then to say, does anyone have any, anything to say? Or if not, next, um, all right, Sally, it's your turn. How are you today? Share with us where you're at right now. And you go right around the room, and you make sure that you have eye contact. You make sure you have their names right in front of you. So like last week, I have a very short memory, but I have those names right in front of me, and it's so much more helpful when you say to somebody, hi, Bob, how you doing? You know, how's things? Tell us about yourself. Tell us where you are right now in relationship to step one. So that's very, very important. Eye contact and name recognition is very, very important. There are times, too, that people will say, you know, I just passed tonight, and you say, well, thank you. Thank you for coming and come back next week or the week after. Now, I don't make it a policy to call people to check up on how they're doing. What I do do is ask them for a current telephone number because like tomorrow, for instance, we're going to get hit with a big snowstorm. So I'm going to call everybody tonight and tell them we're going to cancel for tomorrow, tonight, so they have you know time enough uh, to get the call. I don't want to call them last minute. But I don't make it a, a point to call uh, people and see how they're doing because I don't want to interfere. Unless they ask me for some help, 
Um, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I don't have a degree in counseling. I do have a degree in pastoral studies, so I kind of know, you know, how how it works, um, and and I believe that it's you know, Christ is the center, the summit to all my answers, all my frustrations, and all the things I'm having difficulty with. That's about as far as I can go with anything that I can offer up. I don't really. I don't want to come across as a counselor. I don't have all your answers, but the program does have your answers. And what is the essence of the program? It's fellowship, faith, fellowship, and family. And when you're surrounded with people that are going through the same things that you are, that's the answer. That's the Holy Spirit through others that you become familiar with and comfortable with and start to rely on and start to share your tears or your laughter because a lot of times we'll have really great meetings that it's just filled with a lot of laughter. And these people will say, I haven't laughed since the, the death of my loved one. Yeah, I know. But that's the program. That's how it works. It's really kind of that simple. It's others caring for you um, in the same way that you need to care for others. So it's it's kind of like one of those common things. So. So then after everyone gets a chance to um, um, speak or not speak, again, I just want to reiterate, uh, if somebody pauses and there's a, um, a period of silence, don't talk. Just allow them to recollect their thoughts uh, so that they can continue to share. And a lot of times they'll start crying. But give them a chance to cry. This is very, very important. They've got to feel as though they can come here and cry. Because I have people that do this every almost every week. But they are getting better. But I can't say, hey, enough for crying this week. We can't go on like this. I don't do anything like that. I'm there just to facilitate uh, a meeting so that you can feel welcome and free and be able to express what's going on in your life. And we'll see if we can help each other. That's really what it's all about. It's that simple. Um, remember, people do have a lot of bottled up emotions, and they come out in all different types of, of ways. Some people get very angry, very loud. Some people will slap the table because you know they're, you know, this this was awful. Because you know, not you know, people die in. Uh, uh, either from natural causes, from an act of violence, and sometimes those acts of violences are imposed on themselves through suicide. That, that's very common. I have people in my own home groups that are, you know, they have either spouses or uh, children that have committed suicide. So these people are really in a, in, in a bad way. So you've got to give them a chance to formulate relationships. That's, that's really the important thing here. Listening is the key. It's, listening is the key. And as a chairperson, I'm going to tell you in a, in a nutshell, shut up. Let them talk. You're there to let them talk and be an active listener. Let them speak. And if they take 10 or 15 minutes, let them get it off their chest. Because you're, you're helping to save someone's life here. Because a lot of people uh, they never come out of, of uh, 
losing a loved one. So this is a great opportunity for them, A, to get out of the house, which they're probably, um, they're not probably going outside of their own home, but they're coming to your meeting and they're revealing something that's very, very personal. And so you need to keep quiet and let them speak. Okay, now at the end of the meeting, what you want to tell people, um, I don't have to say this each and every week, but they know that at the end of the meeting, um, I'll ask for prayers of petition. Now, what is a prayer of petition? Some people have no idea what that is. That's why as a chairperson, and let me just back up. I've got to make sure that I cover this. When you read a step, whether it's 1, 2, 6, or 12, the chairperson would want to read the step beforehand, before going to the meeting. And when you're done reading uh, the 12th or whatever step you're on, you say, thank you, everyone, for reading, and you begin the discussion. You don't say, does anyone have anything to say? You don't do that. What you say is, hi, um, Mike and, you know, my sister Michelle and I, you know, I, I gave her my kidney and, you know, this is why I'm, I'm hurting so much. And you begin by bringing out the topic. You help people to talk about the topic for tonight. Because if you say, who wants to share tonight, nobody will. So if you start the meeting, if you start it rolling in a particular direction, which is absolutely key, and then you go to your either left or right and say, okay, uh, Sally, um, how are you today? Um, what's, on, what's in your heart and in, in your mind? What's on your heart and what's in your mind? And so, Sally, you will probably talk about the same issues that you talked about. And then the next person, Tom, will talk about what Sally had added to what I had said. So you get the ball rolling, and that's very, very important. And so when you come to the prayers of petition, Bob, what you say is, okay, folks, well, it's a great meeting. Come back next week because meeting makers make it. And if you keep coming back, you're going to see that we are a family. We deeply care for you. So come back. Mm -hmm. And um, what I'll say is, okay, we're going to we're going to do our prayers of petition. Now, I will I will say if you're uh, not Christian, if you have a, a particular way of praying, that's fine. If you're atheist, that's fine. But we're going to do prayers of petition. And what I'll do is I'll say, okay, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. And I'll offer up, I'll say, you know, God, the Father, thank you for allowing me to have another Bereavement Miracles program. And thank you for my family. Thank you for my job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, you go through what's, what's on your mind and, uh, you, you, know, uh, you know, what's in your heart. And you thank God for those things that, you know, you're able to change today. And, you know, like the Serenity Prayer says, you know, thank you for keeping me in a, in a sense of serenity because I accept the things I can't change. What would be that? Death. But courage to change the things that I can, what is that? Well, those things that make me happy and to listen to know the difference. So, you know, you kind of, your prayers as a petition kind of wraps around that serenity prayer. And then when I'm done, you say, Sally, would you like to offer up a prayer petition? She says, no, I'll pass. Okay, uh, Tom, would you like to offer up a prayer petition? Yeah, and they go into thanking God or thanking their higher power or whatever, whatever, whatever. 
and you go right back around the room and you say, okay, well, thank you for all those prayers of petition. Now we're going to um, finish with an, an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be. Now, I'll say to people, if you don't want to pray out loud, that's fine. If you're an atheist, that's fine. But for us that are Christian, uh, those that are Catholic, uh, we believe in the, the Blessed Mother. So, would uh, uh, Jim, would you like to say the Our Father today? And uh, Ted, would you say a Hail Mary? And uh, Sue, would you say a Glory Be? Okay, let's begin. And then... Uh, Jim, he starts the Our Father, and then the, then the Glory Be, and then the Hail Mary, whatever it is, the pattern you have. You go right around the room, and you thank everybody after the ends of the three prayers. And then you say, okay, well, the meeting is done for today. I'll see you all next week. Now, this is really important. And it goes against what our society wants us to do in our workplace. But I'll be honest with you, I don't really care. I give everyone a hug. And they look forward to that. Now, the guys, I'm not a hugger when it comes to guys. Um, but I'll shake their hand. And, you know, sometimes you just touch each other's shoulders and stuff. But with the, the, the women, I give them a hug just to let them know that you know, there, is a, there are people out here that actually love you. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit that's loving you. Trying to let them know that you're not alone. And, of course, I'll encourage them once you do buy the book, to read the step before you come to the meeting or read the step after the meeting concludes at home. And there are questions, Bob, at the end of each step that you can spend time writing out answers. It's just there to try to keep this uh, ball rolling, per se, this recovery ball of, to, to moving forward. And you write out your answers you don't have to share them with anyone. If you decide to, you go right ahead. Uh, sometimes I'll even use the questions at the end of each step as a question I'll throw out to the, to the group. So to just try to get the ball rolling and speak about it first so then everyone knows kind of like this is the topic for today and get them to dialogue. And I'll tell you, folks, all you got to do is to set in place um, the the, the, the meeting itself, the, the things that I've just said on the topic, uh, the way we go around the room, and I'll tell you, the meetings will just take right off. And it's it's wonderful to just see, basically sit back and just watch it on automatic. And a lot of times we, we fund each other because people talk. They don't really like to talk to me per se because I'm facilitating it but they talk to each other and they really identify. And I'll throw some hairbone comment out there and they'll start to laugh and say, oh, Mike, be quiet. You know, so just kind of break up some of it with some laughter and stuff like that. And it's all good. People really enjoy coming to the meetings, but you have to have an order to this how to chair a meeting. you got to read on page 8 and 9 how to chair a meeting and the other important thing is, because I tell you the pages to read out loud on, uh, in the area that says how to work, but there are 12 traditions on page 15. Now, you don't have to read these at all out loud, but you do have to follow the traditions of this program. 
one being that God is the core of our fellowship. Okay, it's not Allah. It's not, uh, you know, a big rock. It's God. God is um, the core of our fellowship. And, and it's the teachings of the Catholic Church are the foundations to this bereavement process. It's not to veer away from that. Uh, if you want to hold your own bereavement program, go right ahead. But Bereavement Miracles is predicated on the Catholic Church teachings, the doctrines, the precepts. Those are the things that this book covers. And it's like I said to people, listen, you don't really have to understand all this stuff. You just have to believe one day at a time. And you, it's like eating an elephant one bite at a time. So if you don't understand it, that's okay. Uh, and like uh, recovery is the essence of real joy. It, you know, it aligns ourselves with God in a, in a, re, re, uh, a right relationship with the Lord. So it is about having this, reforming a relationship with Christ that allows us to form relationships with others. And really, you only have to have a desire to love again, to be in the meeting. You know, you don't have to be Catholic. You don't have to be Christian. You have to just want to love again. And that's why they come. Um, what What is said here, you know, obviously stays there. And you make sure that people hear that. Whatever is said here stays here. Um, but we do um, encourage dialogue uh, during the meetings, you know, interpersonal exchange. We want that, you know, because we want that sense of family, just like talking around a family dinner table. Uh, we also have, it's a nonprofit organization. No one is to... Um, you know, earn a few bucks off of this. If you have, a, if you do pass a basket and people put a dollar in, you either buy books and have maybe a raffle or you buy some cookies or something like that or you give it to whoever's holding it, you know, for some oil or something like that. But nobody is to make any money off of this. Okay? Um, and, you know, any contributions, it's just self-supporting and, and no one can use this information unless uh, express written consent is given by me. And that's unlikely. You know, you just run the program just the way it's designed. And if you have any questions, you can certainly call me direct at 203-213-1121. be happy to help you out at any time. I want you to be able to run a successful meeting and to help others. And... Um, you know, remind people is just to have an open mind and just take it one day at a, at a time. And uh, getting a sponsor in these meetings is very important, and telephone numbers. So once you see that somebody's gone through the program a couple of times, and I meet each week. So after 12 weeks, we start all over again. Now, if I'm on step six and a newcomer comes in, I'll go right back to step one because I don't want to lose this person. So I go right back to step one, and I start from, from wherever we are. So step one and step two, if they come back each week, you just go that way. If they come for step one and they don't come back, you go back to step six. So that's kind of how I run things. Um, and, that, and those are some of the 12 traditions, Bob, that I use just to keep us on uh, 
on target. What about uh, you started the program in Walford? In, um, I mean, in, um, not Walford, um, help me out, the one... Wallingford, Meriden? Wallingford. Well, I just, yeah, I was asked uh, last week to um, chair a 12-week program for bereavement miracles in Wallingford, and that's on yeah. Wednesday nights now. Um, you would have to call me at 203-213-1121 because they have it uh, every other week. So it, uh, this will be up on my uh, webpage uh, on, on how to chair a meeting. And if you wanted to come, you'd have to call, and I could tell you if they're meeting this week or not. Uh, but we, we do meet, Bob, at the Trinity um, Elementary School in the back, in the convent. The convent is in the back of the Trinity Church uh, Elementary School on Center Street in Wallingford, Connecticut. Now, did you... Uh do you have some help in setting that up with from, with the group there? Well, there's a fellow that's been running a bereavement group for over 10-plus years, a wonderful, oh, okay. wonderful person. But he asked me to come in and, um, you know, basically chair this for the next 12 weeks or so and present the, you know, the folks with this material because they've been using another program called the New Day. And... Um, a lot of bereavement programs use the New Day, but a lot, you know, this is a little bit more meat and potatoes rather than just throwing an idea out there. I try to give people tools for their toolbox. And mm -hmm. if you understand the faith um, much more clearly, then it makes sense. Then you start to feel, Bob, you know, kind of engaged. It's like you, like me. You know, like they said, it's like uh, living water. You know, you get a taste of this stuff, and you want more. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, like you, like me, we go to church in the morning. We pray to rosary because it, it's the right thing to do. Plus, it makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. and, and so I encourage, you know, those that are uh, in those meetings, you know, when you're ready, you know, try developing a, a prayer life. Say the rosary. You know, each day. You know, if you can't do anything else, say a rosary or a divine mercy. Just say, you know, say some prayers every day. Um, I bring in sometimes other books that I'm reading just to show them. Sometimes I even buy used books on the uh, Internet and I give them out for people just to read on their own. Uh, but I do bring my books with me. And if someone wants to buy one, hey, I'll sell you one. I'm not there to make money. That's not the case at all. It's the producer is making all the bucks. <laughs> uh, what do you know? What the best thing you can do each day? The best oh, thing you can... guess. The best thing that you can do each day is not to have a cup of coffee and a donut. The best thing that you can be, do each each day, the very best thing that you can do each day is to go to Mass. Yeah. Yep. That's where it all starts. Yeah. Yep. And to have a prayer time, like you said. Right. Yep. 
And, and, and I don't know about you, Bob, but sometimes I'm half brain dead when I go to Mass. You know, I can't, I can't focus or anything, but I'm there. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that when I go in, I'm not my best. When I come out of the church, I know I'm better. Yeah. And I haven't done anything. You know, that, and that's the whole thing, that it's God-centered. It's not man-centered. It's God-centered, right. you know. So I, I wanted to put something together so uh, people who are interested in chairing a meeting to listen to this and, you know, kind of follow the rules and regulations so that you have a successful meeting because you will have people that will try to hijack your meeting. I, I remember one time, Bob, one woman kept cutting into someone's uh, private time, and I said, you know, uh, Ethel, um, the way I run this program is that everyone has uh, their own time to speak without any interruption. Well, she didn't take she didn't take too kindly of that. She wanted to just go there and chew the fat. And yep. she says, you know, I got all afternoon. Well, I don't. You know, and other people have a schedule too. And you know, so we do run it by the book by in an hour. And uh, you're welcome to you know, speak, talk about whatever's on your mind when you get your chance. But when this person or any person is sharing, we need to all ears on that person, all ears and eyes, and we're not to interrupt them. And um, she didn't kindly take, take, you know, she didn't really care for that comment, and she hasn't come back, but that's the way it is. It's not going to get hijacked, and it's not going to start talking about sewing and shopping. It's no, it's yeah, it's and that's what can happen, and it does happen, and it can't happen. So you got to keep the chairperson is in a kind of precarious situation because they're there because a loved one has died in their life. So you know you have you know you're invested in this program, um, not only as a chairperson but as a member. You mentioned uh, earlier that. Uh, one one lady came to your, her first meeting and she was just in tears, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Are there other are there things that uh, some of the people bring that uh, have uh, improved on your program too? That maybe give you some good ideas on how to change some things. I think or the only well, I think the only thing would be Bob is the time because I can't seem to find the perfect time for to try to meet everyone's needs. If, yeah. you get too, if you get too close to 5 o'clock, it still gets dark, and the elderly don't like to drive it in dark. If you right. have it too early in the afternoon, people are still at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just one of those things I could try to maybe do it on a Sunday, uh, but I do like to have my free time with my wife and, you know, do things uh, with the family and stuff. So I'm trying to, yeah, just trying to find out that, trying to find that happy time that really works for everybody. It's not easy. That's why we have the program now live, which is every Monday at four o'clock, and we have twelve recorded steps on the homepage of Bereavement Miracles. So one way or another, if you're hurting or you know a friend. You just refer them uh, to the homepage of Bereavement Miracles on WCATradio.com, and you'll see it all right there. 
That's right. <clears throat> so uh, we've got about four minutes. Did you want to do the yeah. close? Yeah, we'll do the prayers of petition. This is how I end each meeting. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord, for another great uh, radio program with Bob Olson. Thank uh, WCAT Radio. Um, reaching out with all these programs, talking about you. And you are the summit to our uh, faith and hope. I do pray for my family, my beautiful wife, Linda, my son, James, my daughter, Jillian, her husband, Kyle. I pray for my, my family, all those souls in purgatory, particularly my friend, uh, Tim, who I hope is in heaven, uh, who just recently died. Uh, all my friends and family who have departed, I pray for the Pope, I pray for the Catholic Church, all the uh, religious, priests, laity, particularly all those that don't know you yet, Christ. And um, I do pray for uh, good health and that uh, bereavement miracles uh, grows and brings people back into the fold. Amen. I want to pray for a lady that uh, in Southington that uh, is dying. And uh, we pray for a happy death for her. Yeah. And that uh, God will make it easy for her. And uh, what else? You want to say I'd be our father? Oh, excuse me. I was just, <laughs> you, I was following my, my rules. Don't cut in. All right, so <laughs> finish with an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory be. Our okay. Father, who art in heaven, heaven. hallowed be thy, name. be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy come, kingdom come, thy will be done, be done. on earth as, on it is in heaven. as it is in heaven. Give us this Give day, us our, daily bread, our daily bread, and forgive and us our trespasses, and trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, against us. and lead us not and into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. From evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, full of grace. The, Lord the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother Holy of God, Mary, Mother God pray, pray for us, for us. now at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, in the beginning is now and ever now. shall be. World without end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, thank you, Mike, for being on uh, our program. I thought you'd like to know this. And uh, we'll be back with this program again next week, same time, same station, with another interesting guest. In the meantime, may God bless each and every one of you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Thanks, Bob. Okay, good job, Mike. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.